Welcome to the Fitness FAQs podcast, where we use calisthenics to gain bodyweight strength, build muscle to look like a bodybuilder, and unlock the mobility to move freely. Sweet guys, I'm excited to present to you a unique athlete today, someone that combines calisthenics as well as powerlifting to a very, very high standard. How did you get started and the evolution? I've been training from a young age, like from six years old, my parents took me to, um, to, do, to doing sports. My first sport was like I did uh, gymnastics, uh, tumbling. Tumbling was my first sport. Because when I was really young, like I used to watch Dragon Ball Z, Spider-Man. I still do anyway, but I was watching like all these cartoons. I wanted to be like a little superhero. So I just, um, parents were like, cool, let's take him to, to sports. So I did like gymnastics, I did swimming, um, did that for a couple of years. And then I got into um, athletics. That was actually my main sport I pursued. Like I did a triple jump. So I guess that's where the power comes from, from my legs and obviously core. I did that for a couple of years and then I just kept getting any injuries. So I stopped doing triple jump because I, I, I was kind of good. At one point I was like seventh in UK for my age group. Like I wanted to really pursue that, go to the Olympics and all that stuff. But I just kept getting injured. So I st- had to stop because it's quite impactful on the knee, you know, jumping from, from the same leg. No, jumping from one leg to the same leg onto the other leg. It's like, yeah, my knee kind of got burned from that. I think I just didn't train. I think I just overtrained it. I used to compete too frequently um yeah I don't know I just so I stopped that uh did a bit of sprinting as well of course but I was really good at um like power like anything to do with power long distance I was rubbish at so I kept it sprinting and jumping and then I also did a bit of um a tiny bit of Olympic lifting as well like just a little bit I competed in that twice like in the past like that was like when I was like 15 16 so almost like 10 years ago but that wasn't like nothing serious that was just like a little um a small competition so where I live in London, we've got different boroughs and there was something, something called the Youth Games and that's basically where you represent your borough in the, in the sport that you're doing. So Olymp- the Olympic lifting, the weightlifting needed like a male to represent their borough. So I stepped in because they knew obviously, oh, this guy is quite strong. He's done a lot, a lot of athletics. He's won a lot of competitions. So I was quite known in, in the borough. So they actually asked me to compete. I said, yeah, why not? So I got trained like by some Olympic coach as well who was quite good. He trains like, he trains... um the current team GB female weightlifting champion. Nice. So uh, I got trained by him a little bit. And then, yeah, he, um, I think back then I did like, my numbers were um, like a 90 kilo clean and jerk and like a 68 kilo snatch. And that was just with a few months of training, not even good technique. That was more muscle, muscle through technique. I mean, Olympic. that's why I didn't really pursue that because I just found it too complicated. I kind of stuck to powerlifting because it's a bit more, obviously that's complicated, but it's a bit more, bit more basic anyway. But yeah, after all that, I didn't, so I didn't really pursue that. I just kind of did it just for that. Afterwards, I was just going to the gym with mates, just trying to, you know, get big, trying to look good. You know, you know, when you're that age, you just want to like go gym and just, you just want to be look like those celebrities you see on TV that look good and big. But then I came, I came across a video on YouTube. Uh, uh, I don't even know how I came across it, but you know, Hannibal for King. Oh, it sounds like we had video. a very similar introduction to calisthenics. Yeah. You know what? I think most people that do calisthenics nowadays, like say from now 10 years, from for 10 years, for example, like everyone's, it's always been Hannibal for King, Bar Stars, or, you know, those people have always like, they were like the first to kind of, to kind of put it on the map. So I came across his video and I was like, wow, I was blown away by this guy. Like he just see, He's just, he looks big, he looks really good. And he was doing all these muscle-ups, human flags, front levers. I was like, wow, I want to learn that. So I showed it to my friend um, in school because I was like in college at the time, like my first year of college. 
So every day after college, we used to go to the park and just copy Helen Wolf King. And we just tried to like basically train like he did because he, he had a few videos of Barstars on how to train, how to get into calisthenics, how to do this. So we basically just um, copied everything and just did it every single day. And I kind of got really good at it. And then, yeah, I kind of looked into, because um, I was looking at like many American calisthenics. So I typed in, okay, what's happening in the, in the UK? And I came across obviously all these um, UK legends like Ranjit Bachu, Solo Nero, uh, came across their pages and I was like, wow, these guys are, so UK are also doing, doing calisthenics as well. So I kind of reached out to Ranji. Um, he actually um, responded to my, um, I, I DM'd, I think I DM'd him. I was like, you're so strong, bro. I want to. Ah, I wanna, you slid um, into the DMs, mate. That's yeah, it. So what I did, I think I, I think I slid into everyone's DMs. Uh, and he actually was the only one who replied. No, everyone else, no one replied to me. They thought, who's this guy? <laughs> but Ranji actually replied. He showed me love. He like, I think I messaged him on YouTube and everything. I was just like one of the fanboys. So I just messaged him on, on YouTube, in uh, Facebook. And he actually replied and he was actually quite local to me as well. So he lived like 20 minutes away from me. So it was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, come and train with me. Let's train. And we did. So I trained with him and he just, you know, taught me a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. Showed me a lot of things. And so he definitely helped in my journey, of course. Um, yeah. So it was honest to train with people like that. Cause I felt, I feel like if, if you're around people like that, it helps you grow a bit more, you know, cause it's a bit hard to do, do these things yourself, you know, like obviously you watch YouTube and all that, but, you need to have that like physical contact with someone, that physical touch, that way you learn from them a bit more, you know? So yeah, I had like some great teachers and everything. And yeah, just that's basically how I got in. It's interesting, man, how if you believe in, in destiny, how you got introduced to say training and then through some yeah. injuries along the way, you, you shifted yeah. paths, you found calisthenics eventually, yeah, exactly. you, found, you found good role models. Because yeah, even definitely. even in the world of calisthenics, you can go on and find people doing these uh, questionable exercises and questionable yeah. routines. But man, you got straight in with with Ranjit and the other hard hitters. So from yeah, day exactly. one, yeah, the hard hitters, yeah, definitely. You know them, of course. Yeah, like I think most people do know them because they kind of did. They had a big part in calisthenics, especially weight calisthenics, anyway. So um, yeah. They definitely helped a lot and yeah and i was also just watching all these other guys on youtube like the russians they were like crazy like you know nick n1k that dude um, yeah uh, vladimir sadkov dimitri all those guys doing crazy planches i was like i want to touch like these lot so yeah i was just literally just training every single day just trying to be strong trying to be good and yeah it, it paid off anyway it paid off so i'm glad to have actually achieved what i have you know today now danton is someone that's got I'm just going to say it, absolutely incredible static skills for your height, your weight, and all the other training that you're doing. As an expert now in this, in this area, what advice would you give to people that want to start with statics? Do they need to do basics first or what's, what's oh, your approach? Yeah. 100%. So the reason why I, got, I learned my statics pretty quick is because I had a really good base. I had a really good foundation, good base. I've been, I was training for years since I was young. Um, I've always been good at like push-ups, pull-ups, mainly push-ups. I was oh, from young, I was always doing push-ups. So that gave me that base pushing strength. So I always recommend everyone, if you want to get good in calisthenics, you have to master the basics. That's something that people don't want to hear. They want to go straight to the statics, which is obviously like, I don't blame them because even me, like, okay, I just want to learn this straight away. But you've got to know that it takes years to even get your body ready for that. So I say to everyone, 
the minimum requirement to learn statics uh, is literally having, you need to have about 50 push-ups, like 50 clean push-ups in one go, minimum 50 push-ups. Same for dips, like 40 to 50 dips. Maybe 30 you can get away with. Um, that's, that's for planche anyway. For, for, for front lever, it's not really, it's mainly, um, that's pulling. So you need to have like at least, okay, 20 clean pull-ups. But yeah, if you have your base and obviously like an L sit, a very good L sit too, like a strong 30 plus second L sit needs to have a good, I recommend having a good handstand. Handstand push up, mm, that's that's definitely a bonus anyway. But if you have those things nailed down, learning the planche won't be too hard. If you haven't got those things, you're going to have a hard, I'm not saying you, you need those things, but they're definitely, I definitely do recommend them because it will make your life a lot more easier to actually learn the planche for example you know or the front lever if you have like a solid core and just solid basic movements in calisthenics then that's going to give you the, the pathway to learn the advanced moves so I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that i had the years of training different disciplines different sports that definitely gave me the a good boost to learn the statics pretty quick i mean i wouldn't say quick because i've, I've been training obviously all my life but that does give you a boost so anyone that's obviously you know hearing this they need to they need to know that having the basics is definitely key. Uh, it will make your static journey a lot more quicker than without it. So if you try to learn a planche without having strong push-ups, a strong handstand push-up or whatever, it's going to take even longer than it would, you know? So definitely recommend having a solid base. I know this is a hard question to answer, but how long did it take you to progress with your planche in terms of through the different stages? Can you give us a rough timeline? straight away I already had like a, a tuck planche like a tuck advanced tuck but yeah it took me about a month to get like a, a dodgy shuttle planche with like slightly bent arms my body was out there kind of straight about another say like four six months to actually get it clean and then from there a full planche then took another few months like it took me I think two or three months to actually go from a shuttle to full planche and then having a full planche then to get that perfect and solid about an extra year or two uh, to get that like really straight strong and then i've been planting since so i'm 25 now i learned to plant when i was actually 16 that's when i first learned to plant like a dodgy shuttle plant and then i kind of had a bit of a you know that was kind of when is when i learned to plant i didn't know what calisthenics was i just learned to plant through i don't know i just wanted to i for some reason came across the video of plant and i just wanted to have be that cool guy in school that can do push-ups with no legs so I learned planche the, 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 a weird way. Like, well, how I learned it was through doing handstand negatives. Yeah, I did a handstand and just kept on lowering down until it slowed down, until the planche actually held. That's how I learned my planche. I trained it like every, every other day as well. Each time I did it, the negative was more controlled. It slowed down even more until it kind of held. So it took me about a month to get that to hold. Um, so yeah, I just literally did it every other day for like about half an hour. I just kept on, kept on doing attempts like, all I did was attempts. I didn't really do nothing specific, nothing special. Yeah, I kept on attempting and then I'll finish the session with planche leans and that's all I've done. And I just kept doing that. Or even I did a few attempts from like tuck, like a tuck frog tuck to like a shadow opening up. For me, it was mainly the attempts because my body was already conditioned to learn the planche. If it, if it was someone else, for example, they have to obviously build up doing planche leans, pseudo push-ups to get the shoulders quite strong because my shoulders were already at a decent strength. I had like... My handstand wasn't perfect, but it was like it was up there. I was able to do handstand push-ups. Um, so yeah, the, the, the strength was there. Only thing I had to get was the form and the body awareness, which took me a long time to get. That's something that takes years to achieve to get the, the muscle mind connection to know where you are in a planche. 
because there was a lot of times where I film it and I'm not the line isn't straight I'm slightly higher or lower or something or my hips up my bum is slightly high so that took me a while to fix that so yeah statics is like a long it's a very long term game like if you look at all the beasts of statics ask them they say I've been plunging for five years ten years it's, it's years of work just like anything anyway anything you do is years of work so if you're willing to put that time in it will definitely come Today's sponsor for the show is Fitness FAQs. Use the coupon code PODCAST10 to save 10% at checkout when shopping on fitnessfaqs.com. Enjoy the discount and let's get back to the conversation. Auto-regulation and higher-frequency approach works with Pledge? Everyday training, like maybe one day, quite like, one day was like 80% intensity, the next day would be like 20 to 40%, so like really light, just slight. I did that like most days and... My plant just got strong really, really quick, uh, really quick after that. So I find that doing statics frequently definitely does help. It helps to kind of um, make you learn the skill a lot more quicker. It's not something that you could do like once or twice a week. Maybe if you're a beginner, like I recommend maybe at least three times a week. But once you get conditioned, um, like you see, if you go to the gym, like the first week of gym is going to be tough, right? Because you're aching. This When you get to the fourth week now, oh, the aches are gone. I can then go a bit more harder and go for another day. So take, uh, give your body that time to obviously um, get used to the movement, to get, to get used to the statics, and then you can then build the training up after that. So I recommend everyone start with three times a week. Um, once you start to, you know, get less fatigue, less aches, you can go put in another extra day. Do that for like two, three weeks, and then go to like five days. I, I, I think five days is a good day. It's, it's quite good for statics, in my opinion. I always go, like nowadays I go every day. But I'm not, I'm not saying every day hard. It's like one day is like, okay, I go quite hard one day. The next day is more just about, it's like grease in the groove. I, f- I just feel it. I do like a few holes just to kind of um, let my body just know, okay, I've done it. Just to feel the form and, you know, and that's like, okay, I do like at least one to three holes on the rest day, for example. Not long, just like a, like a short kind of hold, but just a few, like a few sets of that. Just to kind of um, let, let my body go through the motions. So I do recommend like greasing the groove and training it frequently. Most planche guys, they train it pretty much every day. Most days they do it. And that's, that's the reason why you get solid, you know, you get really good at it from doing frequent training. It's a smart approach when you think about it, because if you look at the totality of a whole week, you're getting in so much yeah. high quality practice yeah. compared to smashing yourself in like two or three sessions. You're spreading it out much yeah, more. Exactly. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's true. Definitely, the more your body feels it, the quicker you're going to get it, you know. So I say do like, yeah, you can smash yourself three times a week, whatever, but in between, just do a few conditioning bits, do a few bits that's going to complement your planche and even just do the planche itself. Or whether it's the front lever or the planche, any form of static, that's, I find the grease and groove really good anyway. That was how I got my planche, like, really good. And even till this day, like, I do it pretty much nearly every day. Of course, there's some days where I do obviously chill out and rest, but most days, like, you know, at home, I've got the P-bars out. I've got the, um, the pull-up bar, my door frame. I just, I will pass it. I'll do a hold. I'll do a hold or two, you know. I always kind of just, you know, touch up on it, you know, on a daily basis anyway. How important are accessory exercises for statics? I just literally do the, um, the move itself and that's it. Um, I know a good accessory for, for planche, of course, would be the planche lean. That's probably the best accessory because it's the closest thing to that. Uh, like an elevated planche lean. I do that sometimes, but not really. Like where you put your feet like on a, like a couch or something. And obviously, and then you lean. That's a pretty good accessory, I guess, for planche. Um, for front lever, though, I don't do any accessory. Um, I just do the front lever itself. Yeah. Yeah, no accessories for me anyway, in terms of uh, statics. 
that's the best way. Keep it simple. Don't get too much fatigue. That's unnecessary. It's, yeah. It's wise. Yeah, of course. Now, for the people that pay their dues and spend years to unlock the full planche, what's your tips yeah. for the Maltese? So for Maltese, once you've got like a solid planche, you need to have a really good um, supinated planche. So with your um, hands in hands backwards, reverse grip. Because Maltese is very stressful on the biceps. So having a strong supinated planche will, will give you um, a bonus. It will help a lot. So that's what I did for myself. I did like a super day planche on the floor or on the bars. And I just began to widen it up. Um, yeah, yeah, just try to widen it up and turn into a Maltese. As you get stronger, you can end up, you can end up going wider in your uh, Maltese anyway. So because everyone's first Maltese looks like a wide planche anyway. It's like always like a, just a wide planche. But as you get stronger, you begin to widen it up. And because um, Maltese is definitely like for me, that is 10 times harder than the planche. And Maltese is so hard. Like it's crazy stressful on the biceps, shoulders as well, but mainly in the biceps, it's like a killer. Um, but yeah, I recommend having a, a really good supinated planche. And of course, a very strong planche anyway, because the planche will help transfer to the, to the Maltese anyway. So, and I guess Maltese leans definitely helps to condition the movement as well. So yeah, having all those three, those, those, those things definitely helps. Your Maltese deserves more respect, bro, because you've got quite long limbs as well. So the stress on your biceps must be so much compared oh, yeah, to like yeah, yeah. A, fi- a five foot one gymnast or something, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like uh, obviously the height does play a role. Like obviously being slightly, I mean, it's not like I'm tall. I'm not just like average height, but in terms of in calisthenics, that's quite tall. In gym, if you look at most gymnasts that are like, you know, the best, they're always quite short. Like on TV, they look pretty big you know but when you see them in real life they're like wow you're like up to my stomach like you're you're short you know but for me i've never actually used height as an excuse like i don't really care like for me it's like if i want to get moving i'm gonna get it i don't i don't care i never use you see nowadays people use oh yeah but i'm too tall for this i'm too heavy for this straight away you're putting doubts in your head so i'm like okay if that's what you want to think you can think that me i never ever want like back when i started calisthenics that wasn't really like I didn't really look at it that way. I thought, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't look at, oh, here's this guy, short, you can do it. I just thought, I want to learn this thing. I'm going to try to do it. And it happened. So I never, ever w- once used height as an excuse. Even till this day, I, I never use height. It's like height or weight, whatever. I mean, to be fair, my weight is quite low. It's like 74 kilos is pretty, it's good for my height anyway. So I think right now, I'm, I'm, the proportions in, in terms of like the training for statics, I think it's fine anyway. I think if I was like heavy, because I was 90 kilo. Then I can then I can complain, you know. But I'm 74, so for me, there's actually no excuse. I mean, just put the work in. But even someone that's 90 kilos, there's people out there doing planches at 90 kilos, and that's even crazier because obviously they had to work for that extra hard. But I just look, just wherever you got, you work with. If you want to learn a planche, mate, you can look, you can go for it. Like I think the heaviest planche I've ever seen. There's some guy that I kind of know, and not in um, in the UK. His name is Ben. He's like 120 kilos. He's a big dude. He's a gymnastic coach. He's like. 120 kilos you did a shuttle planche you know what i mean it's all possible if you want to get a planche you can, you can get it doesn't matter how tall whatever just get just work for it you're gonna get it you know if you work hard it will come obviously it won't come as quick as others but it will come if you want it so and i try to avoid those excuses oh training legs from squatting no i no, just just do what you love because i love squatting i love lifting i'm gonna do lifting i love statics so i'm gonna mix them both i'm not gonna pick one or the other it's like if i love both i'm gonna do both you know what I mean? I'm not saying you have to do train your legs. You don't have to train your legs if you don't want to. But I want to train my legs, therefore I will. And I want static. I want to plant, so therefore I will. The you key know? is not putting limitations on yourself. It's like the whole idea of saying, oh, my genetics aren't the best. Well, if you're putting limits on yourself and talking about stuff that you can't really change, it's just you're handicapping yourself, right? 
that's what you're doing like and I, I i'm sick of those people that do that i'm, I'm not gonna lie those people it's like if, if that's the case then do something else if you cut if you if, if that's the case you put those limits to yourself do another sport cool if, if your character is not for you if that's what you believe then do something else don't complain don't keep doing it and complain like every time you see someone yeah but i'm heavy every every caption they're putting in their 90 kilo or 100 100 kilo i'm too tall stop complaining man just do the work like just do the work just train do the work yeah cool people it's good to obviously tell people how much you weigh but not every time don't spam it on every post we know like come on we know how much you weigh don't tell us every, every single time just put the work in don't complain and just do it it will come that's how i see it i'm quite raw and old school you know it's almost like a disclaimer for them not actualizing their potential so you know just believe in yourself and look at other people that have done it at your size yeah because obviously seeing that is already a bonus like if you've seen no one your size whatever fair enough you can have like having them doubts is quite natural if you've seen people that are smaller than you heavier than you that's done achieved what you want to achieve you go achieve it as well if they can do work on you you know because now because now the, the calisthenics game is so big you're seeing all kinds of people doing it. You're seeing women doing full planche. Women are doing planche in front levers, you know? You, you know, you're seeing big dudes, tall dudes doing full planches now. Dudes at 100 kilo doing a, a planche. It's there. It's, it's possible. There's so much things out there now. Back, like, back when I started, there wasn't really those things. Like, there wasn't a lot of content out there like there is now. So be thankful for all the content that you, that you can see. Because back when I started training, there was no more teeth tutorial the, all the plunge tutorials were, were the same. It was just this, this, this typical tuck, advanced tuck. It was there's nothing. It was nothing in depth. We had to figure out everything ourselves back then. Nowadays, there's so much stuff out there, so you can definitely you know get so much information from you know good athletes. There's so much content out there. Social media now is a big thing, so there's always ways to get new information. So use everything that you see and put that to good use. That's why I respect what you're doing, Danton, because. You're essentially a pioneer in this space because you've got the strong statics, but also the respectable compound movements. And I'd say that it'd be hard to see inspiration for that. So, so kudos for paving the way for, for future people to not make excuses and, and make some serious progress in multiple domains. Man. Yeah, definitely. Now, Denton, I'm sure after people have listened to you speak so far, they're very keen on how you combine calisthenics and lifting. Where do we start yeah. with this? Give us give us some rough structure with how you go so, about it. So to be honest, I've got a very crazy I've got a crazy training schedule, man. I train every single day. <laughs> I train seven days a week. Literally, yeah, I train go. seven days a week. Yeah, it's it's quite a hard schedule. People are like, how the hell do you fit it in? Because I mean, with calisthenics, the good thing is you can fit it in any day, anytime. I just I'll do it at home. If if I haven't got time to do it in the gym, I'll do it at home. Yeah. and there's no excuses i'm a family man i've got you know missus got a kid two-year-old kid i've got other duties to do i've got work it's not, it's not it's not sort of thing where, where i'm just i've got nothing to do i actually do have a life as well like you know obviously i work in the gym which is a bit of a bonus but yeah i've got like you know missus i've got kids to look after i've been growing like he's two and a half years old anyway so you know I, but i always find time to fit these things in if you you know if you have a passion for something you can be able to fit it in there's always time when people say oh, i've got no time i've got family there's always time that's the reason why I do calisthenics in the first place, because I can fit it in any time, any day. But anyways, aside from that, I find that time to fit it in. I train seven days a week. So, but as well as that, powerlifting, you only need like a few days a week. So I, I think I powerlift like sort of squat twice a week. I bench press twice a week as well. Um, deadlift once a week. But the days that I have, for example, like, Monday, I just I just go through my whole week. It's just it'll make it easier because okay. Monday, for example, Monday I do squats on Monday, 
so I trained twice that day. I do squats on Monday. That's in the morning. Like, well, because after like, a, I'll, I'll do a few morning clients and I've got like a bit of a gap. So in that gap before my next client, I will train. Um, so I'll do my squats in the morning and then I'll do my planches in the evening. And Tuesday, that's normally my uh, bench press day, my bench press and overhead press day. So I do my bench press in the morning and then in the evening, I'll then do my statics again. Like I'll do, I mean, I think Monday is more like a front lever, front lever dominant day. And then a Tuesday is like a planche dominant day. And then Wednesday, that is my deadlift day. And then in the evening, I do very, very light statics. That's like greasing and grooves, just touching upon the statics. But Thursday is normally my calisthenics day. So I normally sometimes if I can, if I've got time, I go off to the gymnastics center, do a few tumbles and then do many statics that day. And then Friday, uh, my squat again. Um, and then I do some more statics again, like light statics, because obviously Thursday is my, my main static day. So Friday is like a cool down, cool off from the statics. So I'll do like plunge and Friday brew again in the evening. And then Saturday, um, that's my uh, second bench press uh, day of the week and weighted dips wherever I press. And then it's like, yeah, statics again. Like I go home and I'll do front levers or yeah, I do front levers, mainly front levers on a Saturday. And a Sunday, that's like when I do my Maltese's, like that's like my Maltese day. Well, Thursday and Sunday is like my Maltese practice day. So I have Maltese like twice a week. Once or twice a week is just quite very, it's just very stressful move on the joints and tendons. So that's like a one or twice a week thing I do. So yeah, and then that's, and then after that, Sunday, yeah, repeat. So it's, it's an everyday schedule. It's every day I'm doing something, you know. People are like, how do you not overtrain? Because I'm very conditioned in what I, in what I do. Like, I would never, I would not rec- recommend this to a beginner, of course, but you need to get your body conditioned first to statics and to lifting. Once you're conditioned, the next day you won't really ache as much, and that's when you can then train again. Whereas before, like, I wouldn't have done this. I would have trained just a few times in the week and had that body you know, had that rest for, for the other days, but it's because I'm just, I've been training for so many years, like I'm training for, for, for years. My body is just, I recover quite fast and I also plan my training properly. I try not to overtrain, like, you know, I have like certain days where I go hard, certain days is like, for example, Monday is like a hard squat and Friday is a, it's like a volume, like lightweight squat, you know what I mean? It's not like a, I'm going heavy every week, whatever. It's like everything's calculated. Everything's got a purpose. It's not a thing where I'm going ever Every day, hard, hard, hard. It's, it's, it's all calculated. It's all, um, you know, that like one day's good, one that one day's hard, one day's, you know, just going through the motions. One, one day's like, you know, lights. It's, it's like that. That's how you train properly. Because if you, obviously, if I was to overtrain, then yeah, I'll be better. I'll be progressing. I'll plateau. But my numbers are still going up and my status are getting stronger. So because of a structured, a good structured training plan, that's what it is. If you structure yourself properly, then that's how you're going to progress and move forward. So it takes a while to figure out what's good and what's what works for you anyway it took me a while to figure out this routine but this just goes you know this this is like a lifestyle it goes it goes with my everyday life and everything so it just it just fits with me anyway so you just got to find something that fits you and your lifestyle you know I work in the gym so I can get in an extra I mean I'm blessed to get in another session but if I didn't work in the gym then I'll just get in I will try to get in before work or after work you know like it's not, it's not like we're working 24 hours a day we, we go to work cool you got family commitments but there's always a time to, to that you can fit in a training session, whether it's half an hour or an hour. It's not a long time, you know, just definitely try to fit in somewhere along, you know, whether it's have to be done in the morning or in the evening. 
you just got to have that discipline. So if you are not a morning person, you're going to have to become one. <clears throat> you have to become a morning person to fit it in. Otherwise, you know, by the time you get in, you do in the evening, you're probably tired. You've probably got work. You've got, after work, you're tired. You, you've got family to go to, 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 commit, to commit to. So you've got to fit it in somewhere. So just got to find what suits your lifestyle, what suits you. You're training every single day, but the intensity is different to someone that has no idea what they're doing. So obviously you said you're, you're very structured with what you're doing. You're training yeah. not, not to the maximum every set. You're, you're staying somewhat fresh. So that yeah. in and of itself allows you to train daily. And the other thing is yeah, exactly. you're not doing calisthenics and lifting in the same session, which would be quite yeah, taxing. Norm- yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's normally split. It's normally split for sure. I mean, there's some days where I like to kind of show off, I'll do like, I'll do it in the same session just to kind of show off and prove, okay, I'll do like a, a deadlift then into a planche. But, but that's just more like a, a Instagram thing. I would never, I, that's not what, what I do. I, I actually would do, do them separately. To get the most out of something, you can't do them together. I mean, you can, but like I said, one will suffer. So like I said, I get my squats or whatever done first, and then I'll do my uh, statics after. People could question saying, why don't you do statics first and squats after? I don't know. I actually, like when I'm doing statics, for some reason, I prefer to do it at home. I don't like doing it in the gym. Like where I'm working is just like it's not like it. it ain't got P bars. It doesn't really got like it's got it's got P bars, but it's not like stable ones. It's, like I said, I prefer to do it where I'm comfortable. So at home, I've got the right P bars. I've got you know I just got got the right vibe at home. So I prefer to just so I guess in line of lifestyle, for example, since I'm since I'm in the gym in the morning, then yeah, that's what that's a, that's when I get my squats. If it was the other way around, if I was working in the evening, for example, and then yeah, I'll do my statics first. And then I'll do my squats after, but it's because it's because of how, you know, how my day is structured out. I just get my squats done. And by that time, by later on, my legs would have kind of kind of recovered. I mean, there's some days, of course, where I'm I'm planting, my legs are cramping from the squats. But <laughs> since I'm conditioned, it's quite rare. It doesn't happen. Like after squats, I'm quite my legs are okay. It's just the next day sometimes they hurt. But on the same day, it's fine. So um, I'm always able to still push through the statics anyway. Like but, like, how, but how do you train twice today? How do you not, you know, fatigue? Like I said, it's because I'm conditioned. Because I get this one dude I talk to all the time on Instagram. And he's like, he trains planche too hard, a bit too hard every single day. And um, like, I do tell him, I'm like, you need to take it easy. But he's like, no, but every time I go on Instagram, I see these beasts and it just makes me want to get up and do it. <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm like, if you look at how the beasts train, that's not what they do though. They're not going crazy hard every day. Just because what you see on Instagram is obviously fake. It's like, yeah, they're putting the stuff out. No one ever really puts the struggles out there, but it's not, that's not the case. Like it's, it's black and white, man. It's not, it's not just, it's not just, you know, like the positives, like for them to get to that level, they've went through a lot of struggles. It's not, they're, them guys don't do more teas every day. If they did, if, if they did that every day, their biceps will probably tear off. So you just got to have that discipline to know that the rest is going to actually help you. If you rest, it will help to actually repair you and make you stronger. So just, yeah, be disciplined, guys, and try not to overdo it. I know it's hard. Even me, sometimes I find it hard. Like, oh, I see something crazy on Instagram. I want to do, I want to do, I want to do a crazy workout now. But you just, got to, you just got to listen to your own body. I want to touch on a topic that many people that are trying to combine calisthenics and lifting often struggle with because it's on somewhat different ends of the spectrum. What I mean is juggling relative strength with your body weight versus gaining absolute strength with lifting weights. How do you find that your actual body weight affects your performance? So, yeah, you have to find the sweet spot for you. So in terms of like, okay, I'm 74 kilos and I choose to be, I stay at that weight because I can still stat, I can still do my statics. And as well as that, I can still do my lifting and progress. People say, oh, but then if you um, eat more, if you get bigger, 
you'll be able to lift more this and that no like i i prefer to stay at 74 because you can like you can still get strong in your weight like that's like um the way to do that of course if you get people say if you eat more and get bigger you lift more but does that mean you're getting stronger pound for pound you're probably the same so real strength is staying the same weight and progressing and i choose to be 74 so i can still you know i just I, that's the obviously that's the weight class i want to compete at it's a, it's a 74 weight class and also 74 i can still do my statics because that's like an optimal weight for me you know of course if i go higher i'll still i will still start of course but it wouldn't be optimal it would be a little bit harder so for anyone that is trying to get into that 14 to find the right weight but then people always ask me how do i not put on weight i think a lot of it maybe is to do with diet it could be genetics because i don't really like i don't really track my okay, I, don't, I don't track my calories i don't track any of that i just eat but i don't like i don't feel like i feel like i don't overeat i just eat enough to recover and get stronger like i don't eat crazy amount like there's people that eat every two hours eating a big meal every two hours that's, nah, that's too much i i eat like at least uh, sometimes i have breakfast i maybe skip breakfast uh, i have a lunch uh, i mostly eat in the evening like sometimes i fast throughout the, the day and eat in the evening and that's what I get all my macros in the evening to be honest like because i find that if i eat too much and then i do my statics i feel a bit heavy i don't know i don't really feel as as you know as light as, as you know as strong so i just prefer to stay empty throughout the day and then i eat everything later on like eat enough to keep you going i think people just eat too much food like obviously food is good food is you know was what helps us to grow and recover but i think people do a bit too much of that you ain't gonna be big to lift heavy so i find that being at a small weight but lifting a lot kind of looks cool because it's yeah. like okay this like people look at me thinking oh this guy is quite slim he's not really got big legs he can't deadlift that that much but when they see me in action they're like what the hell how's he pulling those numbers man it's like so yeah just i, I feel like if, if you're doing both you need to be light and strong that's that's probably the best way to be efficient in both if you're light and strong then you can at least do your planches without have, having to worry about gaining mass while you're doing lifting yeah yeah, that's how, I, that's how I see it. It's refreshing to hear that because people would make excuses either way. It's like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, thing. I'm too heavy, I can't do calisthenics, or I'm too light, I can't lift heavy weights on deadlift, squat, bench. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's, if you look at the light categories, like there's people 69 kilos that are lifting free, like 250 to 280, you know what I mean? And deadlifts and squatting like 220 for their weight. They're lifting times three their body weight overtime for your body weight so when it comes to when it comes to size like um, weight it does not matter what, what, what weight you are where you're lifting it doesn't really matter you could be light and still lift heavy um but people just are worried about not if they can't gain strength but it take it strength is something that takes time to get you know it takes a while to get strength so like but you see when i was 80 kilos all the numbers that i was pulling at 80 kilos i'm now pulling at 74 kilos without a belt as well if, like, awesome. with better form and everything so it's not a thing where oh, if, if you put on weight, you get stronger. That's not the case. I've gotten, I've gotten stronger than I was before in the past when I was heavier, you know? Yeah. So I, I know I can definitely get strong in this weight. So for me, I found my sweet spot. I'm going to stick to it. So you've got to do the same thing for yourself. You've got to find that, that right weight where you're optimal, that feels good, that where you don't lose strength or whatever. Just It could be just, I don't know, I, it, body fat. I mean, I'm quite lean as well. So like I'm, my body, I'm not sure what body fat is exactly, but... I, I'm kind of more on the lean side. So for me, it's definitely absolute it's strength. It's just tendon strength. It's strength. It's, it's experience. It's years of experience. That's yeah. all put together. That's what it is, you know? 
what it's I take tendon strength. It's that okay. inner CNS strength. That's what it is. That's what I was going to summarize. What I take from your philosophy is it's time and also getting skillful at the movements. So getting that neurological strength, you don't need to build yeah, a ton, yeah. ton of mass. You don't need to gain a ton of weight. Exactly, exactly. Those two types of hypertrophy. I forgot what they're called exactly. So you got the one that's more, and yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so one of them is more like the bodybuilding. Like you see bodybuilders, for example, they look great. They're massive, they look great. But they are not, they're strong, but not as strong as like, powerlifters or like gymnasts or whatever so it's it's the other hypertrophy where it's like it's the actual um how do i say it it's like the tendon strength it's the um bone density that's the hypertrophy that you'll have to go for by strength training you know that's like it obviously doesn't make you big as quickly but it makes you way more efficient so i kind of read towards that hypertrophy I don't really, like, in my training, I don't really do much hypertrophy work. I mean, I do volume. I do, like, I do do high rep work and everything. But for some reason, I'm not growing. I'm just getting stronger. So, so I guess I'm, you know, going more for the actual performance type body rather than, the you know, the big bodybuilding, you know. I guess, like I said, everyone's different. Like, so since I've been back in lifting, like, since April, so since the, since the second lockdown, so I've been lifting, it's now is now december so about eight months i've been back into powerlifting and i'm still at the same weight i'm still at 74 kilos i've not gained much mass at all but my numbers have gone up crazy but my body is still look the same i'm still quite slim still quite toned and everything but i'm not like i've not gone massive from doing bench press and from doing their different squats my body is still the same i just got that the strength has just increased the inner strength is just there and that's what's you know. so motivating about your approach to getting stronger is skill. You can always refine, you can always improve it. Whereas there yeah. is a ceiling on muscle growth over time, naturally. Yeah. Just a moment ago, Denton, you mentioned your thoughts on lifting gear. What do you what do you think about using it for powerlifting in terms of belts, straps, shoes, all that type of stuff? Um, I mean, I think a belt is fine. Like. I used to use a belt a lot. Now I've just, you know, been doing uh, beltless. But I think a belt is fine. But I will not recommend straps at all. Uh, especially as a calisthenics athlete, your grip must be, your grip is going to be strong already. So straps aren't really necessary. I mean, of course, straps do have their place. Like you do see pros using straps, but that's because they want to focus not on the, they're not, they're not maxing out of their straps. They're just doing that to focus on like just their legs only. So they, they're doing it for a purpose. But in general, I think it's better to just build as much raw strength as possible. So try to, it's like being naked. So no straps, no belt, no sleeves. Just, I say to everyone, build as much strength as you can naturally first. And then you can add on the, the gear, like you can add on the belt or whatever. Because um, before I was, I was using, always using a belt before I used to always rely on the belt. But it didn't really, doesn't really do, I mean, it helps you brace. Aside from that, you can still, you know, get, you can still brace good without a belt. It's just about knowing how to brace. But of course, I mean, people act as if the belt will save your back from snapping. A belt will not save you. If you lift with bad technique, just because you've got a belt, it doesn't mean you won't get injured. The belt is just there to make sure you're bracing properly. That's what it does. Um, if, you know to, if you can learn to brace without a belt, that's a good bonus. Once you wear a belt after you learn, to, like once you wear a belt after doing like a whole period of belt lifts, you probably will be even stronger because you're going to use the belt even more efficiently. But I recommend trying to be raw as possible. That's just my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, if you need to wear squat shoes, then I mean, I started with squat shoes before, but then I tried like Converse or bare feet and actually felt stronger without squat shoes. So 
us doctors, us doctors just converse. If you feel like you've got bad ankle mobility, then yeah, you can wear lifters as fine. There's nothing wrong with wearing, like, nothing wrong with using gear, you know, especially like when it comes to like a belt or a um, lift or, or shoes. Straps, I just would rather someone do like, I have a hook grip or, I mean, I, I use mixed grip in deadlifts. I just use mixed grip. But what I did at the start of my deadlift journey to build up my grip strength a bit more, I just did everything overhand, double overhand first until I found like a plateau. So when I got to like, 200 kilos that's when the my, the ball slips and then I switch to mixed grip and then pulled even more numbers after that you don't want to go heavy you want to keep it light anyway so use that time while you're going light and do technique and volume work and build the, the base first before you go heavy it's just like anything it's like before you learn the plant you got to do the basics first so before you lift heavy you need to start light first and then build technique build consistency build you know that strength first before going heavy because if you just go straight heavy without having a base in your leg in your leg training that's where injuries happen and then they end up wearing a belt thinking yeah the belt's gonna save me they carry on and they still get injured so the leg journey is even, even for me like i don't really go heavy frequently i go heavy like a few times like i went heavy recently in deadlifts but that's like once in like most most times i'm doing volume i'm doing i'm working at my 80 to 60 percent of my one max i'm working in that range doing sets of eight sets of six to eight reps i'm doing i'm always doing high reps and then once i go through a period of high reps for like a month or two then i test my strength and that's why i said the word test because it's just a test i don't really shrimp i don't really go heavy frequently because that's how i got injured in the past actually i used to go heavy frequently in my leg training and i've got a few injuries from doing that so now it's like it's not about going heavy it's about building the technique building the form and then testing your strength having like blocks so like i'll do like a heavy period for like a week or two maybe two three weeks in a row after that my body is like okay i need to do a deload so then i deload again and spend a month or two doing reps again and then i test strength so that's kind of how i'm training at the moment that's why when i told when i said my numbers at the beginning i don't really like i said i'm not sure about where my bench press or squat is because i don't really max out i just train at the, at, at the 80 to 60 percent zone and build that up to get my actual 90% to 100% even higher. So that's how I train now. I keep myself at a medium heavy weight and work on that, build reps on that. What are the most common mistakes you see people make in calisthenics and powerlifting? Overtraining and rushing. Overtraining and rushing. Overtraining is because they're doing, they're trying to, they're trying to plunge hard every single day. Um, they're doing way too many sets. They're doing not, not, not enough rest in between. Remember, if you're trying to learn a plunge, that's a form of that already that's strength training strength training you need to have a three to five minute rest in between your sets there's people that are doing max hold planche 30 seconds they go straight away again i'm like how are you how are you gonna recover from from that max like from that max attempt for example like you they do that they, they do their planche attempt here yeah, like they've tucked the straddle and that's actually a max output we do that attempt you need to rest like two three three minutes to do another one they they will do like a tuck to straddle or or even a shuttle to fall or whatever and they'll go again straight away and they keep doing that. And then once you're burnt out, you can't do any more because because your body's run out of gas. Yeah. So I always say to everyone, rest, have like, treat it like it's powerlifting. Like have three to five heavy hard sets where you rest like a good three to five minutes in between. And then you can go off and do your endurance stuff after that. Planche leans, you can do that. 30 seconds, you can have a quick rest, do another one. It's not as, it's not as taxing. Whereas if you're going for like a proper hard skill, you need to relax. For example, Maltese for me is still pretty tough. I do like up to three to five holds. 
but I rest like three to five minutes in between them holds to get the most out of it. If I was to do a Maltese, yeah, the first one will be good, yeah, because I'm fresh. If I was to rest a minute and do another one, guess what? That second one will just that wouldn't that, that would, it would just it would just drop. I wouldn't be able to hold it because I've got no energy. So I'll rest three minutes to do another one. And maybe towards the end, as I'm getting tired, that rest will turn to five minutes, sometimes 10 minutes if I'm really cheeky. But yeah, literally, yeah. you have to have the right, you have to rest enough to because the thing is, obviously, with powerlifting, you know, like, okay, you've lifted heavy, your body feels that differently to calisthenics. Like sometimes you do like a, a an attempt, you don't really feel tired, but guess what? Your CNS is, your CNS is tired, your joints are tired. Have that time to rest and do another hold. I always say to everyone, like, okay, like someone's like, oh, I'm stuck at shoulder plunge, I can't do it. I say, I always, I always say to them, tell me your, your training, like your how you train plunge, like your day of training, tell me that. And they'll tell me, yeah, I'm doing 20 sets, I'm doing 10 sets, 30 seconds rest. I'm like, yeah, that's that's the reason why you're stuck, mate. Too like, much fatigue. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, too much fatigue. You're overly, you're overdoing it. So I say, yeah, you need to be patient and have that rest. But what? But I can't, it's too boring to rest. I'm like, well, use that time to record yourself and analyze what you're doing and psych yourself up and for the next set. That's what you need to do. So basically, it's patience. No one's patient nowadays. They just want to get it in straight away, which is fine, which is obviously good. However, yeah, realistically, you need to be more aware of the of your recovery. So that's like one of the, that's like one of the common things I see all the time. I chat to everyone when they when they tell me, "Oh yeah, I'm stuck at this plant. You know, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck there." I always say, "Like, okay, what do you do? What's your What's your plan?" And that's when I find the mistake straight away: not enough rest or or the overtraining. So yeah, that's that's the those are two common things I always see. I see all the time. I see it almost daily anyway. So yeah. But when, when I say this to people, they're like, what? It's like they don't believe me. It's like, is this guy lying to me? Why are you telling me to rest five minutes? That's that's not training. I'm like, well, that's what if you research strength training, go go do some research. That's how strength training works. You Definitely. know what I mean? It's like most people just aren't really like they just need that extra bit of education, I guess, in terms of you know how the body works, how it recovers. You know, the difference between endurance training and strength training, you know, power training. That's how, you know, once you know those things, that's maybe that's what's going to help them even more. So I just say to everyone, look, research how powerlifters train, how strength training works. Fantastic. I really appreciate your time today, Denton. That was. Oh, thank, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. I'm sure that everyone's going to absolutely love the insights. And um, yeah, man, I'll be sure so. to post your social media in the show notes oh i'm so uh, so honored thank you so much for this no worries take care everyone fitnessfaqs.com to master calisthenics and become a bodyweight pro